A Republican senator rips President Trump in a searing speech on live TV. Steve Bannon zips his lips, but that won't last for long. And is it lights out for the U.S. government? Just three more days to make a deal. This is State of America Tonight. 2018 must be the year in which the truth takes a stand against power that would weaken it. Republican Senator of Arizona Jeff Flake condemning Republican sitting President President Trump. If we compromise the truth for the sake of our politics, we are lost. It seems to me like Bannon is trying to get back in the good graces of the White House. I am frustrated whenever people assert privileges that do not exist. This subpoena indicates that he will leave no stone unturned. Real deadlines are occurring this Friday. We will do everything we can to avoid a shutdown. Hello, I'm Nia Malika Henderson, live in New York, in for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America Tonight. We've all heard that phrase, great with great power comes great responsibility. But in Washington, many are learning that something else comes with great power, limits and challenges. And today, those limits and challenges are very much playing out everywhere, from Capitol Hill to the White House. Need proof? Well, look no further than an extraordinary scene on the Senate floor today, where Arizona's Republican Senator Jeff Flake took aim at the leader of his own party over his attacks on the media. A few days ago, I called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. The enemy of the people was how the President of the United States called the free press in 2017. Mr. President, it is a testament to the condition of our democracy that our own President uses words infamously spoken by Joseph Stalin to describe his enemies. As you just heard, and as we all know by now, the term fake news is one of President Trump's favorite insults. Remember these gems? It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. We are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. Fake news. It's fake, fake news. I like real news, not fake news. You're fake news. All I can say is it's totally fake news. It's just fake. It's fake. It's made up stuff. In fact, today is the day that Trump originally claimed that he would present his fake news awards. We're, of course, still waiting to see if that actually happens. But while we wait, here's a little more from Senator Flake. When a figure in power reflexively calls any press that doesn't suit him fake news, it is that person who should be the figure of suspicion, not the press. And while the senator didn't go through the full list of Trump's attacks on the free press, that would take a long time, he did insist that Congress and all Americans have a duty to push back against Trump. Here in America, we do not pay obeisance to the powerful. In fact, we question the powerful most ardently. We know well that no matter how powerful, no president will ever have dominion over objective reality. No politician will ever get us or tell us what the truth is and what it is not. And the White House had its own pushback and response. He's not criticizing the president because he's against oppression. He's criticizing the president because he has terrible poll numbers. Uh, and he is, I think, looking for some attention. 
And President Trump isn't the only one finding his power, or in this case, former power, being challenged. I give you Stephen K. Bannon, the man that Time magazine declared, quote, the second most powerful man in the world. That was just over a year ago. Yeah, that didn't really last too long, did it? Uh, CNN has learned that soon Bannon will be spilling all to the special counsel. Here's CNN's Shimon Prokipez. Attorneys uh, for Bannon have been negotiating with Mueller's team, and he will uh, appear before Mueller, before Mueller's team, and will answer questions voluntarily. But answering questions voluntarily was apparently the last thing on Bannon's mind yesterday. During a 10-hour session before the House Intel Committee, the president's former chief strategist repeatedly dodged key questions, angering the Democrat on the panel. The scope of this assertion of privilege, if that's what it is, um, is breathtaking. It goes well beyond anything we have seen uh, in this investigation. This was effectively a gag order by the White House. Bannon's reluctance to speak prompted swift action and this vow from the Republican chairman of the Intel Committee. Not all of our questions were answered today, and we're going to work to get those done. Even under Yes. Will a congressional subpoena make Bannon open up? That still remains to be seen. But for Trey Gowdy, a Republican who, of course, is no stranger to long, drawn-out investigations, there is a simple way to wrap all of this up. The president and, and, and some of his supporters want Congress to hurry up and conclude these investigations. So do I. The best way to do that is to instruct witnesses to answer our questions instead of going through this charade of executive privilege. Your move, Trump administration. And now to the battle to avoid a government shutdown. With just three days to go, House Republicans are now offering a one-month spending plan. There's no mention of DACA, but it does include another key issue for Democrats, and that's an extension of the Children's Health Insurance Program. It's a deal that House Speaker Paul Ryan says his colleagues across the aisle should take. It makes no sense for Democrats to try and bring us to a shutdown, to try and cut off chip funding for the states that are running out of money, uh, like Minnesota and Washington and, and Kentucky and other states. So I think cool heads hopefully will prevail on this thing. Andy, we haven't even whipped it yet. The White House says it backs this proposal, and another Republican is hopeful that Democrats will also sign on to the temporary measure. I uh, support the CR, and uh, I hope the Democratic colleagues will support it as well. Under no circumstances should the government be shut down. But while Paul Ryan is urging Democrats to get on board, he might want to have a similar chat with his fellow Republicans. Conservatives are balking at this plan, making things dicey for the party who controls all the levers of power in Washington. And at least one Democrat says there is a lot of work to do before his party signs on. If they want Democratic votes for a spending bill, it will be reflective of Democratic values and what we believe are the values of the American people. So is a shutdown imminent or can Congress come together and find a way to keep the government open for business? That's the big question in Washington. But guess what? Nobody knows what's going to happen. But one thing we do know, and this is for sure, Republicans are finding out that being the party in power definitely has its limits. President Trump, he'll be headed from the White House to Capitol Hill to honor former Senator Bob Dole shortly. But let's get back to those harsh words for the president from the Senate floor. We've got Jeremy Diamond joining us from the White House. Jeremy, what's the reaction so far to Senator Flake's very strong accusations against, against this president? 
Well, just a few years ago, everybody here at the White House was paying very close attention, of course, to the words of Senator Jeff Flake, the Republican senator from Arizona, who took to the Senate floor, uh, not for the first time, but for the second time, frankly, to uh, voice a very poignant criticism of the president. This time, his criticism, of course, focused on the president's allegations of fake news and his attacks, of course, on the press here in the United States. Uh, And uh, the White House's response to those words was, frankly, one aimed directly at Jeff Flake and not not, frankly, discussing any of the substance of his criticism. Of course, Jeff Flake, uh, what he said was he compared the president's words using this term enemy of the people, which he has used to refer to the press, to words uttered by none other than uh, the former Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin. Uh, The White House did not directly address that criticism. Instead, the White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders, pointing to Jeff Flake's sagging poll numbers, uh, which uh, she seemed to suggest was the reason for his speaking out. Of course, Jeff Flake months ago has already announced that he is not going to be running for re-election. We even saw pushback from the Republican chairwoman, Ronna Romney-McDaniel, who uh, took to Twitter, of course, uh, to say that Jeff Flake has gone too far. So that is uh, the response, effectively, from not only the White House, but even Senator Jeff Flake's own party chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel. Jeremy Diamond, thank you for that reporting. Will Senator Flake's warnings on press freedom make a difference? Our panel will weigh in on those harsh words from the Senate floor. That's just up next. It was an extraordinary morning in the U.S. Senate. Republican Senator Jeff Flake warned that truth and democracy are at risk from President Trump's relentless attacks on the freedom of the press. Flake said an American president who cannot take criticism is charting a very dangerous path. Sobering thoughts to discuss with our panel tonight. We've got Basil Smichel, he's senior advisor to the New York Democratic State Party, Joe Borelli, a New York City councilman and Republican commentator. Alex Conan is partner with Firehouse Strategies and former communications director for Republican Mark Rubio for president. And Sabrina Siddiqui, political reporter for The Guardian. Thank you all for being here. Uh, Sabrina, I'm going to start with you. Jeff Flake, we've heard from him before in terms of his criticism of this president, uh, but yet again, an extraordinary moment uh, to have a Republican Mm -hmm. senator criticizing a Republican president. Absolutely. It remains striking that there are a number of Republicans, including Jeff Flake, Bob Corker being another one of them, who are willing to so candidly air their concerns with this president and to actually frame him, as, as Flake often does, as presenting an existential crisis for the Republican Party, as well as a threat to, to U.S. democracy. Uh, the question will inevitably be, where does he go from here? He's not running for re-election. He has nothing left to lose, so right. he can speak freely. Uh, is this the, the beginning of him potentially mounting an independent challenge? You know, he, he, he's set up for 2020. Up. Yeah. He, he hasn't really you know, weighed in on what his future plans are politically. Uh, but also there are critics who say, is he planning to use more of the oversight power that he has as a senator to rein in this president when he believes that he is stepping out of bounds? 
Uh, and that's an open-ended question that remains to be seen. And one of the things, Joe, we also heard from John McCain in an op-ed in the Washington Post. It was sort of a one-two punch from the Arizona senators there. Uh, and one of the things that he said, he was criticizing Trump's efforts to discredit the free pr- press. He said, whether Trump knows it or not, these efforts are being closely watched by foreign leaders who are already using his words as cover as they silence and shutter one of the key pillars of democracy. Uh, and Flake talked about this too as well. I mean, does it trouble you that you do have dictators all across the the world citing President Trump and his notion of fake news? No, I mean, I I seem to recall Barack Obama uh, having some incidents with the media and targeting some journalists as well. Um, but, you know, John McCain... Basil's shaking. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> right, it, it, actually, I would, I would say it's worse yeah. what, what Barack Obama did. But anyway, um, right. you know, John McCain, John, John McCain is filling the character of John McCain, right? He's the maverick. He's always on the outside throwing grenades in. That, that's who you have. I think we have a uh, saying in America for people like Jeff Flake, though. It's don't let the door hit you on the way out. He's not running for re-election, not because... He uh, is this, you know, uh, person who's going to go on and do great things. He's not running for re-election because he can't win re-election in the state of Arizona. And this is what Sanders was talking about, low polls, and and he wants attention. Basil, uh, Trump is arriving on Capitol Hill. These are the images you're seeing now. He's going to honor Senator Bob Dole, who, of course, was a long-serving member of that body and and once the... The, the leader of the party, and we'll give you his remarks next hour. Basil, you uh, took issue mm-hmm. with what Joe said, essentially saying this is business as usual, and, and Obama was worse in terms of his attacks on, on the freedom of the press. He, he absolutely was not uh, at all worse. I think what we've seen out of uh, this president is unprecedented. And uh, quite frankly, and going back to sort of Jeff Flake and others, I applaud them for speaking out. We'll see how cavalier they are. Um, in the coming year that they have to to be able to bring other Republican members of the House and Senate to their cause. I'm not so sure that they'll be able to do that. But I think from a policy perspective, it's really important that they do that um, because if you think about something like uh, a third, almost a third of the House district represented by Republicans that uh, Hillary Clinton won in 2016 um, are in the state of California. Things like the salt tax, things like immigration are going to be very, very impactful. And we'll so, see what this means and, in terms we'll of see. policy. But there is no comparison between what Donald Trump has done. Right. And right. What I, 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 would say, I would say said. weaponizing agencies against James Rosen at another network so, is pretty. Well, listen, weaponizing we're, we're, we're gonna, using words gonna, as weapons <laughs> is something Donald Trump is incredibly <laughs> tactful. Believe me. But Basil, I want to go to a, a point you raised, this whole idea of what Republicans will actually do. And you did have Flake calling on Republicans uh, to stand up. Here he was from the Senate today. Together, my colleagues... We are powerful. Together, we have it within us to turn back these attacks, to right these wrongs, repair this damage, restore reverence for our institutions, and prevent further moral vandalism. Let us resolve to be allies of the truth and not partners in its destruction. Alex, do you expect other Republicans to heed that call that he made today? Well, you certainly see other Republicans voicing concerns about some of the president's statements. My former boss, Marco Rubio, has been very critical of the president at times, including over some of his attacks on the media, his defense of Putin, tyrants overseas. So when they have disagreements, they speak out. But that said, 
unlike Flake, unlike McCain, they really want to work with this president. They do want they wanted to get tax reform done. Now they want to get an infrastructure deal done. And they feel like if they're out there attacking him, giving the speeches that Flake gave today, it makes it very difficult to then go down to the other side of Pennsylvania and, and cut deals with them. Sabrina? And actually, Senator Jeff Flake is someone who's very active on the issue of immigration, specifically the fate of the nearly 700,000 young undocumented immigrants known as Dreamers. Uh, and so he has been part of these negotiations over replacement for DACA. And so it is somewhat striking that, you know, he's now given this speech. In what way would that potentially undermine the discussions that he has engaged in with the White House on what to do about these young immigrants? Um, but I also think, as Alex pointed out, you, you have a lot of Republicans who have said that as much as they have had to disagree or distance themselves from many of Trump's comments, the price tag would then be to not advance their legislative agenda. How that manifests itself in the polls in an election year, right. we're going to find that out in November. But that's the calculus that they're making. And, they're, and, and they could be speaking very differently after the elections. Yeah, exactly. It, what happens in 2018. And you do imagine also, Joe, that Flake is imagining what the Republican Party will look like post-Trump. And he, in some ways, as you alluded to, might be setting himself up. But would you imagine that other Republicans might want to do the same thing in, in talking about what a post-Trump Republican Party will look like? No, because I imagine they're all going to be endorsing President Trump in 2020 for re-election. And I'll, I'll point to something. You know, CNN did a great piece uh, earlier yesterday, actually, where they went to Youngstown, Ohio, and they interviewed a diverse panel uh, of former Democrats who supported Trump. And out of the five people that were on that panel, it was almost shocking to hear that all of these people are still, still very Trump much with Donald and, Trump and said, OK, we don't like how he tweets, yeah. but we still like what he's doing. And what do you think, Basil? It does sort of seem like the anti-Trumpism in some ways plays into Trump's idea that it's Trump versus everybody and might firm up some of that support he has. I'm not sure because we are seeing some results electorally. Virginia, um, Alabama. Um, just uh, was it yesterday in Wisconsin? You had uh, we we were able to flip a state house seat in 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 Wisconsin. Why is that important? That's important because it's not just statewide, but it's state houses that uh, you're seeing a bit of a bit of pushback, and the Democrats are actually making investment on the ground. So I do think there's a little of that of that pushback uh, being uh, manifested in uh, electoral politics. And I would also say that you're not going to have a lot of Mitt Romney's running around the country. He's he he'll run in Utah, but beyond that. How many Republicans are there going to be that actually could push back on uh, the president's agenda? So I think the, the momentum's on the side of Democrats. Okay, we'll see midterms coming up in November. Coming up, Steve Bannon talks to Congress for 10 hours, but doesn't really say very much. Will he say more when he meets with prosecutors? Prosecutors. half of the day trying to understand what in the world he was talking about with executive privilege. Keep in mind, this is the same person who accused two of the president's family members of committing treasonous acts. So of course we're going to want to cross-examine him on what he thinks was treasonous. But if everything's off limits, that's a, that's a really short conversation. Nothing but frustration Tuesday for uh, Representative Trey Gowdy speaking there on Fox News. Uh, Gowdy and other lawmakers tried to question Steve Bannon about the Russian influence in investigation, but now sources say Bannon has agreed to talk to prosecutors working for special counsel Robert Mueller. We'll talk this over with our panel. Sabrina, I want to go to you on this 10 hours mm. that he spent with those uh, with those folks on the House Intel Committee. What do we know about what he said? 
Well, it's telling that you heard the frustration from Trey Gowdy, who right. is a Republican. Yeah. Uh, so th- it, there was bipartisan cause for concern over what what those in the meeting said was a very broad definition, they believe, of executive privilege that Bannon and his lawyer were repeatedly citing to avoid questions pertaining to both his time at the White House as well as it, in the Trump campaign and the transition period. Um, he is someone who has appeared on many of these email chains, whether it's about conversations between Michael Flynn and the Russian ambassador to the U.S., whether it was the former foreign policy advisor, George Papadopoulos, who was indicted by Mueller, discussing with senior Trump campaign aides his contacts with Moscow. So he has been at least a bystander, that Mm -hmm. much we know, but he is clearly holding his cards very close to his chest, perhaps in the hope that he could reach some sort of plea bargain or deal, at least with the special prosecutor. And at least some folks, Joe, saying that he was doing this to get back in the good graces of this White House. No, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, just as an observer, I would have loved to hear the word salad that he must have mixed to speak for 10 hours without saying anything. Uh, That's an accomplishment. Uh, I think for for Steve Bannon, though, this is more about not falling into the trap uh, like Paul Manafort uh, and others. We see the indictments from this investigation, not from Russian collusion, but from sort of these procedural crimes involving the investigation. So knowing that he, he... was going to be facing Mueller, I imagine his whole goal was to not say anything under oath that he would then contradict himself and then get indicted. I think if you had to ask him personally off the record, that's what he would tell you. And at some point he will talk to the the, the special prosecutor here, yeah. Mueller. Well, this is just further evidence that at the end of the day it all is going to rest on Mueller's investigation. It seems highly unlikely that the House committee is going to produce a report right. that everyone is going to agree is the definitive report and we can all move on. Same, I think, goes for the Senate committee at this point. But certainly the Mueller investigation is is... Depending on what Mueller f- discovers, we can either move on or it will be the end of the presidency. Right, and it really was an indictment of these congressional committees uh, that have in some ways fallen into partisanship. Yeah, what I was thinking about earlier, which is interesting, is that um, in the way that um, the Republicans were seen as wasting time or, or dragging out investigations into Benghazi or into the emails, Democrats aren't being tagged for... Um, their their sort of approach to these hearings at all. In fact, they seem uh, they are coming from a place that I think is bipartisan. Um, and I'm not surprised that uh, that Bannon didn't say anything to the House. I think he has so much contempt for House members right now um, that. But I do believe that. Uh, and I think Joe's right. You you keep your powder dry for whatever deal you're going to cut with Mueller. And um, I don't think he's going to get back into the good graces of Donald Trump. I don't think that's his goal. I think his goal is to a stay out of prison and b <laughs> create some kind of platform for himself that he can sort of move forward and. and, and Get some, uh, and at some point, Sabrina Hope Hicks, who's the communications mm-hmm. director at the White House, longtime aide mm-hmm. for President Trump, and also Corey Lewandowski. Yes, there are many other people of interest who have yet to be interviewed, and at a minimum, they have at least witnessed a pattern of communications between certain figures within the Trump campaign and the Russians. With Hope Hicks in particular, she was on board Air Force One when the president and the White House crafted what turned out to be a highly misleading statement about the nature of Donald Trump Jr.'s now infamous June 2016 meeting at Trump Tower with some of the Russians. So those are some of the questions that they're going to face. I do think also one thing that uh, Alex said is is really key here, which is there's been a lot of 
a partisan breakdown of, of, of these investigations in Congress, regardless of whether it's the House or the Senate. So I do think that you know, if there's any one place where we're going to get any resolution, if there is It'll to be, be one, it's going to be Mueller. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Thank you all, Basil, Joe, Alex, and Sabrina. This is day 363 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America tonight. You can check out our podcast. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.